Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another episode of Buker and Friends, subsidiary of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buker. I promised you, I promised you a special guest this week, oh, and I <laughs> am delivering uh, the one, the only Derek Rose. You can see him in NBA arena still. You can see him in a Detroit Pistons uniform. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks so much, Derek, for for taking the time. It's great to see you. It's been a while since we've uh, we've caught up. I know, man. It's been a while, but you know, we family, bro. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, two things. I don't know if you know this about me. What's up? One, um, I have a bit of a sweet tooth. Oh, I, so I, that's something I didn't know. All like, right, all right. <laughs> okay. So, so I can't. I mean, the number of times that I have shut it down yeah. without having some kind of dessert. I can probably count on one hand. Uh, <laughs> now, the other thing is I can't do room service. We're, yeah. we're recording this at the Conrad Hotel uh, in Indianapolis. The, uh, the Pistons are going to play the, play the Pacers here. So I, I just can't do it. So I, I, don't know what do? it I don't know what it is with my, my – like growing up, um, I, I, I just can't pay that extra 25 35% right. to get whatever, right? I just can't, I can't do it. So it doesn't matter do? whether I got the money or not. You bring it. You bring I just, it on. So I – so I have to go out. Oh, all right. I have right. to go out. So we're in Indianapolis, and uh, there's a mall right, right by the hotel. Yeah. And there's a convenience store. On the second level. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I already know where it's at. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah. so I already scoped it out when yeah. I first got here, and I'm like, that's the spot. That's where I'm going yeah, yeah. to get my suite. So I go in there last night, and I'm walking out, and, I, and there's, a couple, there's a couple cats walking in, and they're like, oh. That's D Rose. That's that's D Rose. Uh, and I look over, and sure enough, my man. <laughs> I did not see you, my, dude. You had the hood on, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I wasn't like, 
I didn't know how you were going to handle the, you know, the dudes that wanted to get your attention and all that. And yeah. you obviously were going incognito, and I knew I was going to see wow. you today. Wow. So, so I just saw it, and I let it go. But I thought, my man, I saw you were doing yeah. the, exact same, <laughs> the exact same thing I was doing. Yes, bro. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy that you saw that. So, uh, so what's your what's your weakness? My weakness right now, I would have to say, is chocolate, um, Oreos. Okay. And um, what else I have? I have like the the trolley worms. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah. are my favorite. Right. That's now. your go-to. Yeah, that's my go-to right now. Got you. Got you. Get them in every airport. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get them everywhere. So. No, I hear you. I hear you. So, that was that's my that's my little. My my little story here from uh, from catching up with you in in Indy. Um, first of all, just we got to talk a little bit about this, but um, being back in the Midwest, yeah. uh, playing in Detroit, playing again, playing a significant role. Yes. Um, how does that feel at this stage? I mean, I feel like it's. It, it makes sense to me, you know what I mean? A lot of people didn't understand my decision with coming to Detroit. Uh, I mean, that's been my whole life. When I look back to what high school I went to, it, it wasn't a basketball powerhouse like that. Um, kind of me and Jabari made it into that. Um, right. Benji, of course, um, before us, um, put this on the map with Nick and the Nick Anderson team. But it wasn't a powerhouse like that, like it is now. Um, I went to Memphis when nobody didn't understand it. And nobody didn't see why, but I saw some. And it's the same thing here where, um, of hmm. course, with Arn Tellum being there, um, I'm just looking for comfort. But I see something with the team that nobody else sees with, with us being in the East. Yeah. Uh, we got two great bigs. We got trying to change the culture there in Detroit. It's a gritty city. It's kind of yeah. like how I play and what I represent, the struggle. And I could just relate. It's parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you and Blake play together. Oh, yeah. That really, it's just the idea of that. Uh, I've had people say they wish it was five years ago that we were yeah, seeing yeah. you guys play <laughs> together, but still, yeah. that idea. I think the the basketball IQ of the two of you guys, yes. and uh, and just the mentality. I had a chance to catch up with Blake last year, and it was kind of okay. the same thing. I thought when he made the move from LA, yeah. I was like. How's he going to feel about Detroit? Because he seemed real same, L- same. L.A. to me, right? <laughs> same. Yeah, I the and, same thing. And he said, you know, I spent more time growing up in Oklahoma City mm. than I did in L.A. So this feels actually more familiar to me. Mm. I grew up in Cincinnati. So whether I'm in Chicago or I'm in Detroit, like I have the same – I have that same that same vibe. Like I get that. You yeah, know, it's yeah. just different different mentality. You're You're either comfortable with that grit and the weather and everything yeah. or not and throws you off yeah, yeah. so I, I i get that um load management has suddenly become a big thing yes. again yes. and i wonder for you when you hear load management with everything that you've gone through what do you what do you think when people are looking at like Kawhi taking games off and guys being careful cuz that's not what you did yeah. when you were in chicago I mean, every situation is different. Every, um, yeah, every situation is different. Every player is different. Every injury is different. So, with if you're still dealing with an injury, I totally get it. But um, I don't think nobody's a like everybody's in an uproar about it. But I don't think nobody is abusing it. And you don't know what the person is actually going through. You mm-hmm. don't know their medical records or mm-hmm. what what they're going through. So, um, in my case, 
I felt like I did what's best for my career. Like if I would have came back sooner, a month sooner, a couple yeah. months sooner, a year sooner, I there's no way I would have got to year twelve. Right. If I would have came back sooner. So and like to my defense, I feel like I made the right decision. Um, how can you say something about the Kawhi thing when he won a championship yeah. off of doing the exact same thing that he yeah. did last year? You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to, um, like, um, judge it or, like, put a finger on it. But I think he's doing what's best for his career. Yeah. Um, a lot of people was trying to debate whether it's going to make him the best player in the league. He don't care about that. Right. He don't care about that at all. He right. just want to go hoop. So right. that's why I respect from um, from him, and especially with him being an introvert. Like that's why I love from yeah. him. Yeah. Well, and I look at like when you first came in, like before you had to kind of figure out, I got to do this different. Yeah. But I mean, like, do you ever look at those those first years when you were leading Chicago and say, you know what, if I had, maybe I should have taken a couple of days here, or maybe I should have approached this different. I don't know if it's you couldn't have accomplished what you accomplished if you didn't go that way or you're thinking you know maybe there was a different different approach because you you played with a lot of, I did. you played I, through a lot of injuries yeah I played banged up but at the same time like I said every situation is different in Chicago there's no way I would have been able to do that because I felt like I was being attacked on an everyday basis not even about basketball it was a race part of it too hmm. and uh like uh a malicious part that was a uh, that was attached to it, where you got grown men coming in. I'm a kid. I'm pulling up in different cars every day, um, nonchalant about a lot of things. Um, they probably thought it was a drab or whatever, but no, it's, I just don't have an interest. I'm not interested in what you're interested in. That's what make us different individuals. Yeah. That's just who I am. Yeah. You don't know who what I know or what I like or whatever it is. You just don't know me. Right. And that's my approach. That was my approach back then. And like, I just didn't want to let people win. It's just who, I, like, you're not my family. You're not my friends. I see what your hidden agenda is, your motive is, and I'm just not dealing with it. Your energy is bad. Right. And around that time when you did see me talk to the media or deal with the media, like, you could just tell I didn't want to be there. Right. Because I knew that my um, answers were short. Why should I elaborate on the answer when I know that you don't like me? Right. So why should I give you a real answer? Right. No, I'm going to act like I don't want to be there because I saw the article. I heard about the article that you wrote. Right. So um, that's that was my approach with the media there. But the the low management, yeah, I wish I, I would have did it some, but back then it just wasn't there. Yeah. The term wasn't there. Well, that was the hard part for me to watch you go through because I knew what you had played through to get the Bulls to the conference finals yeah. and to make them everything from the beginning, from the first day you came in. So then when you got hurt yes, and you were like, okay, I got to do this a different way because I can't get to the finish line yeah. doing it this way. People, people didn't, people questioned your character. They yes. questioned your love for the game. Yes. And I'm like, did you not watch the previous three, four years? Like <laughs> what the man did that. Yeah. And I don't know how you, I mean, you walk through it. You were stoic, and you just stuck to your guns. Because I've seen other guys, Dwight Howard in <laughs> L.A. when he had the back surgery. Yes, he shouldn't have been playing with the Lakers right away. Mm. But he felt like he felt the pressure. Yeah, and he gave into it. And I don't know that his body was ever the same. I hear you. And so, I the most impressive thing was that you had all those people 
raining all that hate down on you. Yes. And you stuck to your guns. How, what, what was that like from the inside? Um, like I said, I, I grew up in a city where um, the red line system, where they separate you, there's segregation there, they separate you right from the beginning with housing, how you live, and everything. Of course, when I was younger, I didn't understand that. But the older I got and the more knowledge that I got, I understood, like, man, I wonder why, I see why the Hispanics live over here, the, the blacks live over here, the whites live in these certain areas. And I was younger, I just knew I couldn't walk in them areas. Or mm. if I did, I was going to get a bad vibe or I was going to get attention that I didn't need at the time. Mm. So when I got on, older, I realized that. So it just comes with just living in Chicago. So when I got older, when you say that um, the hate, where the hate came from, I feel like, like that's what I said about the race. Like, it pl really played a part, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, they looked at me a certain way. Um, uh, I didn't act a certain way that they wanted me to act. I wasn't open. I wasn't vulnerable right. like the way that they wanted me to be. Wanted me to be. And um, I stood on my principles. Um, that's that's one of the dictums that I did stand on was being myself. Hmm. Like, I didn't want to change for no one, and I didn't want to, like, have my family look at me a certain way, like, man, who are you? Like, what's what's going on? Why right. are you acting a certain way? I right. didn't want that. And, like, I was a, I, I represent the struggle. Like, I, I know what I represent. So I didn't want to seem like I was folding at yeah. the time. Yeah. I, I feel as if that's paid off for you in the long run because the people who believed in you because of where you came from and who you are have stuck with you. Like, that love is still there. And yeah. the players in the league, like when you got the 50 in Minnesota and yeah. that you're playing now, like I, I just I see and hear the love of guys who have always recognized who you are. And and so it's like there's a lot of people that, that jumped off the Derrick Rose bandwagon. Yes. and But I think those that it was never about being on or off. Yes. They've, that even means more to them now mm -hmm. that you stuck to your guns. And That's I don't know if you – I mean, I've, do you feel that? Do you do you get that sense? Do you get any gratification from from knowing that? Uh, uh, of course. Like I said, it's all about just representing some. Everybody go through some. Everybody struggle. It's about how you how you like how are how you react to it. Hmm. It's all about your reactions. Are you going to um, hide in the shell, or are you going to be vulnerable vulnerable enough to say, you know what, I wasn't mature enough at that time. And I'm a totally different person. So when I tell my story, I want to be able to express it in the way that I want to. Hmm. And I feel like that's what I did. Uh, when I see Zion Williamson play yeah. and some of the issues that he's had, yes. I think about how explosive he plays. Yes. And I think about how you played and how explosive you were. Now, he's obviously bigger and heavier, but I, I wonder – do you look at him and think – first of all, have you changed your game? Have you have you adjusted and said, hey, for me to get through, like, a season, I can't just attack, attack yeah. and, and do everything that I was doing before? Yeah, and I think um, the, the, the biggest blessing I ever had was, like, going to New York. Hmm. Like, going to New York, I figured out a way to be the third option and play a totally different way of playing how I normally played. Like in New York, it, it showed me that I didn't have to be the first or second option. I knew that 
um, I'll figure out a way to affect the game by being a third, playing through KP, playing through Melo. I was still, like, averaging 16 to 17 there, and, like, it, it went under the radar. But I felt like I was playing well since New York, and I think that it helped me play with a little bit more poise. Um, it helped me figure out to be more efficient while I was on the floor. And it just helped me over my overall game with just understanding the game, time management, and finding out ways to affect the game by not only just scoring. Yeah. 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 I uh, So I heard a story while you were in New York about you guys would be running your stuff with, uh, I think Hornacek was the coach, right? Yeah. A lot of pick and roll. Yeah. You were feeling good, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And then Phil would walk in. Everybody kind of have to go into the triangle, right? Triangle, to, yeah, 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 yeah. And everybody's just like, oh, we gotta, we gotta, okay, let's run the triangle. Yeah. Um, how challenging was it? Because I felt, I felt like when you guys were able to play the way you wanted to play and utilize yes. what you had, you could just see the energy, like, yeah. and it and it worked, right? Yes. And I never saw you as a triangle type. Same point guard right Same. so what what how how challenging was that to know what you could do and yet this feeling like you had to do it another way because of who was running the show it was very challenging because when um you first come in you don't know what to expect so it will be games where i remember we played boston we had a big win in boston and um we came in the next day and feel like kind of like shitted on this like man that was a terrible win um, I didn't like the entire, like, I didn't like the game. I didn't like the, the style of play that we played the entire game. And it's like, damn, like, I've been to locker rooms before where, like, you had terrible games, but somehow you found out to, like, sh like get that, sh like, win a game. And yeah. it's like, hey, guys, whoo, however you bring it in. Like, man, <laughs> right. hey, we stole a tough one. one. We stole one tonight, though. You know what I mean? Right. So um, he kind of, like, did that a couple of game and games. And it's like, damn, like, this – triangle style of way of playing is like it's old yeah like it, guys now are shooting like 53s a game nobody's not doing that anymore right, right. And then they were trying to um, make me shoot more through it was just a lot going it was a very complex yeah. situation yeah and um i talked i talked to bj a lot about it and yeah. just trying to get a, a better feel for for phil and um like mellow hey everyone I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Me, Melo, and KP, everybody was on the same page, but it was really just feel like just manhandling the team. Yeah. I, I For those who don't know, B.J. Armstrong, your oh, your, your agent, yeah. um, who played for Phil, for Phil, won three championships with him doing, and, and, and knows the triangle intimately. So how was he able to kind of guide you through dealing with Phil and dealing with that? Because – um, with trying to talk to him, I had um, like conversations with Phil, asking him what else what he wanted me to do, and the only thing that he was talking about was the triangle. Still, 
and it's like, man, like I'm talking to a wall right now. Yeah. And I had to understand when you're older, you get more stubborn. So yeah. his age, I think, played the part. Yeah. And, um, you know, throughout that whole situation, um, I felt like um, I had a lot on my plate and I didn't grab the opportunity the way that I was supposed to. Hmm. Like I was supposed to fight with Phil. I was supposed to fight with Melo. We're making Melo play a, a different way and forcing him to play a different way. And that's something that I didn't do because I had a lot on my plate at the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'll come in. Like, you want me to come in, fight with him, like, like express my way in a, a different way with Melo, with a different approach. Like, it was just a lot to deal with. Sure. When I, that's what made me leave New York. I had a lot on my plate at the time trying to figure out who I was as a man, how I was going to stay in the league. They wanted me to uh, like to shoot a uh, shoot a certain amount of threes a game, where it's like, man, I shoot twelve shots now. If I shoot four threes, that's eight shots. You know how efficient I gotta be. To right. And it was my contract year, so it was like, man, what like what y'all tr trying to put me in the trick bag or something? Right. Like, I understand it. Right. So um, that that's one of the reasons why I came here. Like I said, like if I ever get the opportunity again, like I'm doing whatever it takes to to grab it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's whatever it is. If I see it, if I see a window or whatever, I'm breaking through. Hmm. And that's what one of the reasons why I came here. Hmm. What's What was harder, not playing because you were injured or not playing because nobody was signing you? That's a good question. Um, I will have to say um, not playing when I was injured. Okay. Because all you heard was people saying that, like, like um, you know how it is, where you can't depend on him, right. or or he's he's injury prone. Like that's all that you heard. When I wasn't signed, that's the crazy thing about it. I had so much clarity at that time. Like when I wasn't signed, I was. Um, I think we were in um, Cleveland. I was going up to Cleveland State every day with my guy Art, and we were just working out. But um, what I remember when I was younger, it was the five P's, proper preparation prevents poor, poor performance. Hmm. And I I just remember that being in high school and our coaches and our, my AU coaches used to always tell me that. And I was always, like, preparing myself for something. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if I was going to get another scratch or knock it on the door. Like, I just knew that I was prepping myself for something. And the opportunity came where Tibbs ended up being in Minnesota. He um, – brought me in like I was playing the three guard mm -hmm. when I came in and I said from now on like just do just be a professional about whatever situation I'm in yeah it 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 was wild for me to not see you in the league like I'm yeah. thinking nobody's got a spot for a former MVP and what I couldn't figure out is like some guys you know they get a rep and no matter if they can play or they can't play, I think Melo's going through that a little bit right now. Yes. You you can at least say, okay, team's got this kind of view on the cat. So it's not a matter he can't play. They just have this opinion of him. But I never understood why anybody would have a negative view of you based on Tibbs, based on your teammates. Like yeah. nobody ever said you were – like it was the opposite. Guys loved playing with you. They yeah. respected you. Did you – what was your thinking as to why you couldn't find a spot? It has something – that's why I mean maturing. It has something to do with me for sure. Like I, I left New York. I didn't tell anyone. Mm. And I'm, I'm mad enough to, to 
take like take on the, the the responsibility, the blame, or whatever you want to call it. I'm mad enough to take that on, like full, like you know what I mean. Like, sure. I'm willing to take. You're it accepting on. it. I'm, I'm accepting it, whatever. Yeah. But um, I left New York. I didn't tell nobody. When I was in Cleveland, um, I left. And when I um, when I left New York, I went home to my my family. Like I was telling them that, like man. This might be over, and we had like a, a huge discussion about it, and um, I went back to New York. So when I was in Cleveland, I had got an injury, I think, during the Milwaukee game, and like I didn't know at the time it was my fascia. Like fascia is like what um, like bonds. It's the layer under your skin that bonds all like all your muscles together. Okay. So um, think of a a hot dog the attestant of a hot dog, like the skin of a yeah, hot dog. Yeah, Like people, it's thin, but yeah. you got to know what it is. Yeah. So um, the lady, Judy Seto, when That's I That's what was to, bothering you. That was what, what was bothering me. The gotcha. lady, Judy Seto, when I went out to L.A., she was explaining it to me, like the history of it. It came from overseas, came over here, told me about the museum I should go to, the, the body museum out there with the cadavers. Like, yeah. Yeah, told me about the museum. I went and checked out the museum. And she was basically like being my therapist, like huh. while I was there, while I was getting treatment. And um, now, what point was this? Where where this were you? This um, was like, when I um, left Cleveland, like when I was um, when I came back from Cleveland. I mean, came back from Mexico because okay. I left when I left in Cleveland. I didn't tell nobody that I was leaving. I didn't even tell my family. It was me and my girl, and we just left because I felt like. My family wasn't hearing me when I went home in New York. So, like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I'm not telling nobody. I'm getting a bag. I didn't even tell my friend Art. He was living with us at the time. He just saw me and Elena just getting in the car. And we off. Like, we went to, flew to San Fran. Went from, I mean, regular flights, too, not private flights. Right. Went from San Fran to New Mexico. Um, everybody's calling my phone. And I'm telling like, man. Like, it's done. I'm done. Like, y'all didn't want to hear me out the first time. Huh. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, don't, like, this is what it is. Like, I'm, and I was there for a couple of days, and um, I ended up talking. This was Mexico? New or Mexico, yeah. Or New Mexico? Yeah, um, New Mexico. New Mexico, okay. Yeah. No, 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 Mexico, Mexico. New Mexico, Mexico okay. Yeah. So, um, we were there for a couple of days. I ended up talking to BJ again, like, after a few days. Um, because I was there for like five to six days, and um, I end up talking to Kobe from Cleveland, the GM, and I end up okay. flying back. Kobe and, Altman. Yeah, yeah. and um, he was telling me like, man, just keep getting treatment, and over the time, like, like you come back whenever you're ready. And during that time, like doing a lot of reading and just understanding that how important your mental was subconsciously. I, I, it was hurting me more because you go in for treatment, you thinking all these bad thoughts, your vibrations are low. Yeah. So you're hearing everything, your my your vibrations low, and that's when I started reading more and I started to understand how strong like your mental has to be and I had to like change how my mentality and just how I thought about certain things and sure enough I end up getting through it. I would have never thought that I'd hear Derek Rose sound like a new age disciple. <laughs> Um, like next thing you're gonna be breaking out crystals. And you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all there. I'm almost there, bro. 
<laughs> no, but it's uh, it's 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 I, I people don't I think I think that's what was amazing to me because uh, I don't think people recognize um, how mental stress yeah can affect you physically. Man, bro, it, it does. It does. I swear. Right when I changed um, my mental, everything started to like change for me like the universe was working for me in a way where um along with me reading more so um like it, i just got more clarity out of it and like everything's just started to work in my favor hmm. you uh so when we first got to know each other and i remember you coming in and you were gung-ho about and it was just one of the things that, that i admired is like you weren't afraid of the michael jordan legacy you were like, I want to get the Bulls back to where they were when Michael was here. I yes. want to take that on. I'm yes. willing to put that, you know, take that challenge. Um, what's it? What's it? What's the challenge for you now? Like, how have you reset what playing means to you and what you want to accomplish? You know, I had to put all those accolades in the past and just start over with a fresh start. Like, um, I know that. I won't be the last Derrick Rose. You know what I mean? With yeah. like having all the injuries and whatever. So yeah. I could be the example for the next guy that's going through something hmm. or the the next player or the next kid that's in high school having some like ACL injury, ACL injury. Like I could be the example for them. Hmm. Like if I could get through it, like I believe anybody can get through it, but I show mine's different. I lead by example. Like that's the most you probably ever heard me talk. So sure. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I just wanted to, like, I, I led in a different way. Like, you got your Kobe type leaders, and uh, you got your Tim Duncan type leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm more of Tim, where mm-hmm. I come in early. I'm a professional about everything, and um, now later on in my career, like, for, I'm doing, I'm being more vocal now because out, outside of basketball, I want to make that transition to being a businessman. Sure. And being able to talk in front of people, man, um, talking in front of hundreds of people in, in a conference room and not be nervous. So in the locker room, that's when I test out, test out my, my skills, you know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, it's all practice. It, and you're helping. Like yeah. if I see something that, that's detrimental to the team, I'm going to call you out on it. Hmm. If I see something – because at the end of the day, it's all for the, like, the betterment of the team. Sure. So if I see it, I'm going to say something about it and – that's that. It, it, wh- whose example did you use in trying to get through what you went through? Uh, nobody's. Man. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, I don't know that anybody's flown as high as you have, yeah. being a league MVP, deal with the injuries that you dealt with, yeah, and then having to f- kind of fight your way back into the league. I mean, it's actually pretty amazing that – Thank you. You were on the outside looking in the way you were, and now I see you with Detroit, and you're closing games again, and like yeah. it, 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 uh, it's been a long journey, but it you, has, but man. feels like you made it back. Man, man, thanks for saying that, man. I, you know, I never really like looked at the individual or player like that. I always looked at like, like leaders, like a. Uh, um, someone that's not even in my profession, you know what I mean? Like other individuals, like hmm. um, uh, Martin Luther King, like Malcolm X. Uh, uh, I mean, it's other people I can't think of right now, but I always j- just try to remain myself and understand that, like, I was put here for a reason because a lot of, 
like the thing in New York, uh, like I said, I put myself in those situations situations where I left and I had the rape case. Mm. So I had to think about like, I, what can I do to better myself as a person so that like I know I'm with everything, like how I grew up. I mean, just my story, period. Like I want to stay under the radar, but just who being who I am, like it seemed like my stories always get like, like this crazy, like you know what I mean? Response, yeah. Dude, no matter what I do, you get yeah. a crazy response. So I'm like, all right, I it's gonna get a crazy response, but it's not gonna be because of no rape shit. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's right. gonna be for the up and up. I right. want people to look at me as like a stand up individual. Right. Like I want that in the past. I want people to see money when they see me. I want them to just see I'm a stand up individual that cares about just what's going on culturally. I'm not saying like only in the, the black culture, just culturally with everyone. Like I understand. I I'm just here to help and just add to society. Well I think one of the tough things was that because you didn't trust the media, yeah. Um, when something would come out, there was never your side of the story. So people would run with it whatever direction they were going to run with. And I think that there was probably people who thought, even people that were in your corner, yes. they were thinking, man, if they had it really wrong, Derek would say something. Yeah. And you never did. Yeah, I never did. And so it kind of allowed those things to have a life of their own out there I hear you. and that i think that ultimately worked against you and those of us who knew you yes. and were like that ain't him or I, I until i hear it from derek i'm not i'm not believing that yeah most people were like well, he's not saying anything so it must be true and i think that i honestly i think that hurt you in the big picture not not to say you should have done it any different but i think that's why it like some of these stories about you grew as big as they did. No, that's you're totally right about that. But it's just not me. I'm yeah. not going yeah. to. It's just not no, good, bad, ugly. I'm not going to run and say something right away or put myself like on the social media and yep. just try to like express my way where everybody. I'm. That's just not me. Sure. Um, I I tend to stay in the back and people i mean i just let it be mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how much longer what's the what's how much how much longer you want to play what do you want to do what, what do you Man, want to get out of the game um first off uh, uh i want to get a championship i think that's the only thing that i'm missing on my resume and um i just want to end it the right way hmm. like when like when the kid because that's be for 20 30 years from now nobody's not going to like be talking about me like that but the kid that's a student of the game whenever they stumble on my story I want them to see that like man hmm. like dude been through a lot hmm. and like like just I just want them to feel it yeah. instead of just you know what I mean instead of just people just talking about it. because there's nothing wrong with that either but the kid that stumble on my story I just want them to feel it and understand where I came from yeah. fair enough We'll end it there. There's plenty more I could get into oh, yeah, with you, sure. <laughs> but we'll save that. We'll do another podcast like, down you know, the line. You know, whenever, man, whenever. I appreciate that. Uh, this has been Buker and Friends with Derek Rose. Uh, if you, uh, you appreciate the the podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes or wherever, leave us a review. And if uh, uh, if you send a screenshot of that review, just the stars, whatever you give us. We don't, 
whatever you want to give us is fine. Uh, send it to at Buker Friends and you'll be eligible to win a prize, which is either going to be, I'm going to make it a package deal. You can have your choice. You can either have the book that I wrote with Yao Ming, uh, or you can have the new Derek Rose book that is out <laughs> uh, to find out the real from, from our man Derek Rose. As always, it's been a pleasure. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.